0: Hello, welcome to Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA plus stories and support. My name is Anne Maria Zanzel and I'm a later in life lesbian. I'm also an ordained minister and a mom and a partner to a wonderful woman. I coach women coming out through the coming out process later in life. That's my main job. I created this series because I believe that through stories and storytelling, we can learn, discover and connect with each other. Hearing others' stories always brings us closer together. So, my first guest, my very, very first guest today is Karen. Um, I met Karen when she joined one of my Later in Life support groups, and I did a uh, general call a couple of weeks ago because I feel like sharing our stories as the Later in Life community is important. And Karen answered the call. So, hi Karen, how are you today?
1: Hey, Emory, I'm good. Thank you for doing this. This is, uh, I think invaluable to people like us. Yeah. was for me a year ago, these sorts of stories. So thanks for, for doing this. So my
0: first question to you is, um, tell me your story. So you are somebody who came out later in life. Um, mm-hmm. you were in your late forties when you did it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, tell me your story. What happened? When did, first of all, yeah, just tell me
1: your story and then I'll ask a bunch of questions. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah, my name is Karin and I'm 50 years old now. Um, and I was in a 27 year, 27 year long marriage, um, with the same man for 30 years. And, um, it was a perfectly imperfect marriage. It was a wonderfully shameful, toxic, beautiful 27 years. Uh, we have three grown children, young adults. They are perfectly imperfect, like the rest of us. And um, yeah, I guess the the biggest thing I can just say about my uh, my 30 years with my ex was that. Um, I very much loved him, was in love with him, I will always love him. Um, And coming out was the worst thing and the best thing. And this last year, and I'm still coming out, you know, this is, I think, a journey that I will be on for a very long time. It is hard to understand, even for myself, how can this have been the best of times and worst of times all at the same time? How can I have learned some of the greatest, most beautiful things about myself and felt the worst about myself? Um, My story really begins way before those 30 years. As a teenager, um, my first sexual experiences were with girls. Um, and because of a lot of other junk in my past, um, I was, uh, very ashamed, very secretive. Um, I, I knew that the family that I was in, um, at the time I knew that there just wasn't a place for, for me to be really who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even know, and I didn't even know who I was. Um, I think I, th- I felt like what's wrong with me, something must be wrong with me, this must be wrong. Therefore, it was very hidden and secret. Um, so much so that I did the expected thing of, you know, having the cute high school boyfriend, you know, before I went away to college. Um, and I very much wanted to I think just do what my family had always done and what society had always done. And that was, I very much wanted to be a mom and I wanted to have a husband. And I did fall in love with a man when I was in college and the rest is history. That's you know where we met and we uh, married and um, had this great life, perfect life that a lot of people saw from the outside as perfect. And so I think as these things of recent started coming out and people have started to hear and learn my story, not just because we separated and then divorced and tons of ugly things that came, um, constantly, um, I think the question or the comments were things like, I would have never known, you had everything, you guys looked perfect, your kids are perfect. Um, you live the perfect life, you know, all of these perfection things, which now I, I really know um, are, are things that I felt at, at some point were expected of me. Mm-hmm. And so I never, all of those years, whispered a word of my truth or, or you know, I kind of looked at it as what had happened, you know, when I was younger. I never disclosed or shared that with, with anyone. Um, and I was also the girl who, you know, was open about, like, going to counseling as, like, a young mom and then raising kids. And my husband and I had had kind of been in and out of some marriage counseling. Marriage was hard. These were things that I just came to, like, accept. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be this hard. Um, I'm ashamed, even sometimes today, to think back of how much I hid, how many times I allowed, you know, his truth to be heard and not mine how many times I bowed to making life look perfect I mean my kids really did have a perfect life we did in a sense have a perfect marriage because I worked so hard to be sure that that that's what people saw and and I convinced myself that that's what it was Mm -hmm. um so in this last few years um I had a catalyst for sure. Can you explain um, what
0: a catalyst is?
1: Okay. So, uh, the kind of the, the, the woman, the person, the thing, cause I know that it could be a thing as well that put, um, that mirror up in front of me and kind of throttled me into truth. Mm-hmm. Scary as you know what truth, like yeah. just terrified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrified, terrified truth, confusion and, and fear. Lots of fear. Um, And that is um, a woman who I'm with now, Mm -hmm. still a year later after um, the loud coming out. I think that my coming out process was very quiet in that I I definitely from time to time um, felt things and talked to myself about, you know, attraction to women or other relationships or intimacy with women, but I quickly buried it and hid it because after all I've made promises and vows you know, and with this man, I've, I've vowed never to give up and I vowed never to lie. And I've vowed to, you know, make my marriage work. And so therefore I'm going to bury all of this stuff because as long as I keep doing that work, this will never surface. Well, it did. Um, this, uh, because, you know, you can't beat it down, right? <laughs>
0: it coming up, I, it just, keeps yes, up, right.
1: It, it definitely did. And, um, it really did in the last, you know, um, Almost two years, um, my f- work relationship turned to a friend friendship um, with a woman who was outwardly a she lesbian passed. and she had been out, yes, yeah, since she was in high school. Um, and uh, our, our friendship uh, grew. We became closer friends. And during that time, I I'm tr- I, I think what I started to recognize, were not only these safe moments between she and I, but these really honest moments where in a way she held a mirror up and I was really able to see myself. And like I said, it was panic after panic over, is this real? Is this really what I'm feeling? And that truth and safety turned for sure into an attraction and a much deeper connection. And then in a way, the rest is history as far as that relationship. Um, I think um, what, so that time was very chaotic for me. Mm -hmm. It was really, really difficult. Like I said, I I really lived very much in a panic mode of how can this be true? Is this right? Am I really gay? Am I a lesbian? Am I bi? I mean, I, I had so much going on. I thought I was crazy. I really, I thought something must be way wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was struggling a little bit more vocally um, in my marriage and terrified to come out and speak my truth to my ex. Um, But I knew that I was teetering on this verge of, I have to know and this strong want and desire to be with this woman. And I just, I knew I had to come out to him. And so uh, in a therapy session, because I didn't feel that it was safe to come out to him alone, um, I just, I knew for so many years how many things he would talk me out of and how many things I bowed to and kind of hid again because I I did a lot of listening to to his words. Anyway, and so I did come out to him. He was the first person I came out to um, in therapy. And I was pretty clear on this, he, he knew this friendship. And I was pretty clear on how I was confused and felt that this friendship had, was changing. Um, and his initial panic wasn't even so much about my truth as it was about his fear of embarrassment and shame. And, but you'll never cheat on me was kind of the focus. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, at the time, I was very much teetering on whether I was going to cross that line of physically being with this woman or not. Um, and I had made promises then and there that no, but I need to figure this out. So we need to be on the same page together. And sadly, that was just a very short period of time. Um, he really struggled with it. Oh, so much. I mean it was it was anger, I remember, right? It was um, it was really it's it's heartbreaking to think back to that panic and that fear and devastation and then just absolute sadness that I knew he was feeling. And while I was rushing to try to love on him and come together with this truth, but I wasn't gonna abandon this truth. I couldn't, it was screaming in my face at this point. Yeah. Um, I just wanted so badly to to do this like the healthy way. Um, and, and that is today, what is I think the biggest tragedy of my story is that it could have gone differently. It could have gone better. It could have spared a lot of pain.
0: But but, um, but you also have to recognize that for us to be able to do something healthy, the other person that we're trying to do it with has to be a full participant in it. Correct. And I think a lot of us have this vision that we're gonna have this great modern family. And unfortunately, as we both know, that just doesn't happen for the majority of us, or it does happen eventually, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, that is, um, I, this is far from the perfect modern family. It's what I desperately wanted in that moment. Like I said, I feel when I look back to that time, that period of time feels so rushed and so short. And so I hate having regrets. But if I knew where I was today then, if I could have you know, predicted and known, because I'm okay today. There's a lot of other things and a lot of other people who are not, but I am okay today. And if I knew that I would be, maybe I wouldn't, maybe I would have calmed and not been in such a rush or in such panic, but I was in the moment I was. And I very quickly saw that deep pain for him turn to panic and anger to save face, I guess, for him. And once I realized that that was headed in an anger direction, I needed to like jump ship.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: did on a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways. Um, first being that I, I crossed that line and I was with my partner, mm-hmm. my girlfriend. I, I, and I, I, I knew that it was going to be, well, I thought it was going to be amazing and it was far more amazing than I thought it was going to be. So <laughs> it just, it just all, that part just all kind of fell in line so beautifully and naturally and safely and never ever in my life could I have imagined such a level of safety and love and connectedness. I mean, beyond even the greatest and best moments or days or years with my ex.
0: You know, what I think it is, what you, you described when you were with your partner for the first time is this sense, and as, as it goes on, is this sense of feeling at home, which I, like, that's what I hear from you. I, it's a sense of feeling at home, and it sort of, like, blows you away because, you know, we have a home. We have a home with a, with a spouse and children, and how can this pretty much often when it's a new relationship, this virtual stranger feel like such a safe place and so secure and so home-like when um, we've been in this whole different world for so long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When I think of that time and that like aha and feeling those feelings for the first time, the thing that comes to me is overwhelming fulfillment that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Um, I had safety and security as far as routine and um, mm-hmm. my children and the the love that my husband and I had for one another because of our children that connectedness and that is still to this day like he in a sense he will always be the love of my life because the love of my life are my children and mm-hmm. he is the father to my children and mm-hmm. and so what I started to say there I had a lot of security in that routine and that that comfortability and um, everything from we let it let a really good, safe, secure life as far as education and wealth and our children are amazing and our friends and vacations and second homes you know, the whole the whole thing that 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 the perfect, you know, picture piece. But what I didn't have and I didn't even know how much I didn't have it was that emotional safety. Mm hmm. And intimacy, that, that intimacy to the level of like truly, truly bearing all, mm-hmm. um, and that brought this, for lack of a better word, euphoria, this fulfillment that I didn't even know existed, mm-hmm. um, and that's the piece of the connectedness with my, my with my girlfriend that I knew in this storm. How can something that feels so right and so safe and so good be wrong? Right. And therefore I have to follow and I have to follow this. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, unfortunately in all of that and that that messy time and panic and, and coming out and the pain and anger that he was feeling while I tried very hard to be on the same page for the sake of our kids. And I had a little plan in mind of how to come out to my kids and hopefully some things that this was going to look like in the future. Unfortunately, none of that was ever able to happen. Um, And it got just horribly ugly.
0: Can I ask you, were you outed by your, by yours? I was. Yeah, that's that's not right, right.
1: Yeah, so I had, yep, I had had plans to go, And I did, I kind of flew all over the country in this like, you know, three week period of time to be face-to-face with my children and to be face-to-face with my siblings and to be face-to-face with my parents. And he was able to one-up me, so to speak on each one of those trips. And they were all privy to his pain and panic and story and feelings before I, had a chance to speak so mm. what ended up happening was me running around like a crazy person you know doing some like you know Clean damage control cleanup yeah cleanup of this horrible scary mess that that everybody was feeling and when i say everybody and and i'm talking the people closest to me that that was my family of origin and my three children mm-hmm. um, <laughs>
0: On my own advice.
1: <laughs> and yeah, and meanwhile, I mean, it was still, it was happened. We were, we lived in a, um, you know, small town, had lots of friends. We were very well known and liked. Um, and yeah, he was, meanwhile, also outing me the way he wanted to um, in our hometown and, um, and everywhere else, you know, our friends across the country, you know, old college friends, everything. It, it just, it was all his story, not mine.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask you that. How do you see that in the midst of it, it can be incredibly painful and, and, and very, um, because it's not his short story to share. It wasn't your divorce is his story to share, but your, your sexual orientation is not. So like when you look back at it now with some like hindsight, what do you see? What do you think about it?
1: What I see is, believe it or not, as hard and horrible. It was horrible, Anne-Marie, and very painful. There's a little part of me that is grateful and thankful because I don't think that I would be in the place that I am today and have been catapulted, so to speak, um, and had to make decisions and moves and kind of move forward like I did. Um, you are a rocket out of the cannon, honey. <laughs> it, I totally was. Yeah. and. Yes. One thing that I think that very quickly started teaching me was, you know, the cliche of these are the kinds of moments where you really find out who your true friends are, Um, and that weeded out an awful lot of people very, very quickly, Mm -hmm. and there have been a few lingerers, and there still, unfortunately, are today, of people who kind of live with, like, one foot, you know, Mm -hmm. in my boat, so to speak, and... It, it's, those are still hard and painful relationships and friendships. And I'm, I'm still, you know, like I love everybody and I have no problem um, working through the pain. I own so much of the um, shock and pain and hurt and lies um, that, that I've put into to this whole situation. There's absolutely a hurtful piece that I own, that I'm responsible for that, um, that I want to, to be heard, you know, yeah. the people particularly that, I, that I've just so deeply hurt my children, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I own that. But I don't I often have,
0: know. Yeah, I have a real question of curiosity for you. How are you admitting your truth of who you are? how have you hurt your children? Because you've always said that to me. And I've always, because we have very similar experiences. I have four kids. A lot of the same things happen to me. Um, how, I mean, you've changed their lives. Yes. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And perhaps what you viewed as a, a, as a perfect family, sort of, you realized it wasn't right? You know, it wasn't a perfect family. So I'm curious, like, how, how do you, how do you feel like you've hurt your children? Because once we're divorced, we're divorced. And so like, like a lot of moms who are coming out later in life, Uh a lot of times our main concern is our children. We just want to have a relationship with our children. And, and for me personally, I mean, if I can have a relationship with my siblings and stuff like that, that's great. But I'm like, if I don't, like life would go on. Mm-hmm. So like, well, how did you, like, how did you hurt them? Like, so, how do you, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I, I mean, I certainly didn't hurt them purposefully. Right. Um, I certainly had a plan in which it was on my terms and the way that I wanted to continue my very healthy relationship with, with my three children um, on my terms. And that didn't happen. And part of me, I guess says, well, the facts, I mean, they didn't ask for what they interpreted as their like perfect family to be broken up. Mm -hmm. Um, I recognize that they thought things were so perfect because I made things perfect for them. I made it easy for them. I hid a lot of things from them, all that sort of stuff. Um, which maybe or maybe not in time will come out, but but that's irrelevant. The fact is that divorce, no matter what the circumstances are, particularly you know young and old children, um, especially when they think things are so ideal, ideal, I, idyllic, idealized or ideal, yeah, mm-hmm. that they're not. And so so I know that I have some part of that. I have repeatedly said. I did not divorce my family. I did not leave my children. I left a marriage. I struggled with my sexuality. I came out, it was very messy. I wanted privacy. I wanted to separate these things out because a lot of them are are irrelevant to the next, but but they had a louder voice than mine that they ran to, to protect and love on. And that's really the only voice that they've heard. And my, it's hard, but my attempt to not talk badly about their dad and not make excuses for myself. I wanna hear what their pain is and I wanna acknowledge their pain, but I also know that they're young adults and here's where I am. I will love on you and I am sorry for, because I did lie and I, I was unfaithful when, he, you know, he knew this was happening and asked me not to be, those sorts of things. Um, so I guess I, I just, I, I know there's hurt, but I also know that um, when they're ready, you know, I'm ready to, to rebuild. And so I'm curious, do you, do you see that,
0: um, that Having a relationship with somebody else outside your marriage really has nothing to do with your kids. Of course, <laughs> you know. Of course, you yeah. Know? And and so, um, it does have to do with your former spouse. It does. Yes. Um, yes. But it doesn't really have to do with our kids, you know. You
1: are absolutely right, and that's something that I've had some recent practice. So here I am, a year and a half later, and unfortunately, um, you know in an even worse place in a way with my kids. They, I don't have a relationship with my children and I miss them terribly, Mm -hmm. Um, but I have put up boundaries. I have made sweeping, big, important statements. And I've said things like, I did not leave you or I did not divorce our family. Mm -hmm. I left a marriage, I divorced your dad and you know, I'm allowed to love who I want to love. I'm allowed to be who I want to be. Mm -hmm. I am not forcing or pushing any relationship on my children with my girlfriend. I know this is hard and I know this is painful. However, they cannot tell me who I can and cannot be with and I think just short of saying the words, well, I'll only come and visit you if you're not with her or I'll only have a relationship with you if she's not in your life. I mean, they've just come just short of saying those things, but I know that's where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've said, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but but that's not gonna happen. That, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is the part that's completely separate of of me as a mom and me wanting to have a relationship with them and. Um, how do you feel like, since I, I met you
0: in the very beginning, like when you were, ju- you were still married when I met you. Yes, yes. And how do you feel, like I see such growth, <gasps> like I see such growth because the Karen I knew in the beginning would have been running around trying to talk to each one of the kids and, you know, try to make everything better and, oh, maybe wrap it up in a picture, really pretty picture. and. Uh-huh pretty present with the bow, and you're yeah. so different now like I, I see this like hey this is my... hey guys I love you uh-huh. this is my life I'm gonna lead it when uh-huh. you're ready to become a part of my life uh-huh. I will I will be here for you my love uh-huh. for you is still so there for you and I know you very well and I know how much you love your children I do know uh-huh. uh-huh. so, what yeah. is So what is the, bit like, I know that's a huge change for you. What are some of the other changes that have changed for you when you have stepped into your authentic
1: self? Um, Well, I've had a lot of change. Um, uh, I left the town, the state where I was living. I moved out completely on my own um, with a lot of uncertainties, even with regard to my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I owed that to myself. I had, you know, I had come out and this whole big, huge mess and pain was happening around me, but I needed to move forward for me. And in fact, it's, it's kind of interesting. I feel like in the last year and a half, the piece that I've spent the littlest on is kind of really, really analyzing um like the details of that sexuality piece I know that sounds weird oh, yeah, but that gets put to the back <laughs> yeah oh it totally has been to the back part. like yeah. for so long I was obsessed with like well what am I what's the label like like I couldn't even say that I was a lesbian for so long mm-hmm. um so that whole piece I feel like is still and probably will be you oh, know, for a long time
0: yeah. I think it's settled. Like, you know, who you are, sexual, I mean, as, as your sexual orientation, you know that now. Yeah. But yeah. I think it becomes, comes on the back burner because you've got other shit you're doing.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, I did. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I'm just going to
0: put definitely. this over here for now.
1: Yeah. But yeah. um, so to answer your question, as far as big changes, I, I left that, um, I, I left where we were living, um, which is still my, my children's hometown and I moved to a whole new city. Um, one of my children um, live lives in this city where I'm living now, um, but I don't see them. Um, I did for a very little time. I think there's a little curiosity of, oh good, mom's getting her shit together and, and this will be good and you know, moving here. But I think as soon as it was understood that um, I wanted a little space and time to figure myself out and then a few months later, my girlfriend was included in that, figuring myself out, and I wanted to be with her. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's when it changed again. Um, and and she did move here and um, we do live together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and um, it, since, what month is it now? December, that happened, I think in like August. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of losing track of what you just asked.
0: <laughs> Sorry, so I asked
1: what was what are some of the big changes? Oh, that you, some of the big. You,
0: but I, you know, I know it's like that. That's a physical change you made. But when yeah. we first before we got together and we started talking, um, I also heard a lot about how you deal with your children and like uh-huh. how you're just there for them and you love them. But uh-huh. you know, you're you said to me it's their stuff to figure out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And so how did I get to that point? I think um, part of what has helped, to be honest with you, is their level of anger and how incapable they are right now to be anywhere near having a relationship with me right now. They still have so much to figure out. Um, and I have to trust, I don't know why, but I just do. I have to, tr- The my children are amazing people. They're amazing human beings. They're young adults, they're so smart, they're so great, they're so fun. Um, and they are so hurt and broken right now and they have to figure their shit out. And um, I did for many months run around like a chicken with my head cut off, constantly texting, constantly calling, constantly writing you know, individual letters to each one, begging in a sense, you know, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, please, please, please hear my words, hear my story. I mean, I was constantly trying to do good by them or explain myself to them. And it got exhausting and it continued to hurt me more and You're like, I've had a lot of therapy too. I know <laughs> that I am worth it. I am worth happiness and I, I deserve love and I deserve to understand myself and this whole messy journey and I can't move on unless I move on. And so by no means does that mean I'm leaving my kids behind. I love my children. I've made it very clear. I am here when you are ready. Um, And I think just maybe over time, it just got easier to not check in so obsessively, constantly, you know, over text. Um, And so I'm on about a three month, I guess-ish, three month period of time where it's been silent um, and I just have kind of sat back and, and I'm, I'm ready whenever they are and I'm waiting, but I also know that, I mean, I could be waiting months. I could be waiting years. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Do you think your coming out experience has made you able to sit with the gray better?
1: Yes, absolutely. I also was in, I mean, I was in a marriage that was very black and white and Mm -hmm. very right and wrong. And here's how it's going to be. Um, And there were a lot of really wonderful things about that and some safety in that and and security, maybe not safety, security um, routine. Um, But I also knew that whenever I had that gray or more ideas or other things that I felt were Right or that should have been heard and then they really quickly weren't, I just, I just got used, yeah, it's, I'm embarrassed, I mean, it's shameful to, to see how submissive, you know, I was with all of that and so not only coming out but also being on my own Mm -hmm. and, and weeding through like those real friendships, those real relationships and the ones that didn't last has made me all the more sure that, I mean, like I said before, if something feels so right, how can it be wrong? Right. Um, And, Yeah, there's also a part of me that, you know, I, of course, always want the best, you know, for the people that I love, especially my children. Mm -hmm. And so why, Why? I mean, of course I want the best for my children. Of course I want them to tell their truth. Of course I want them to be happy and never be afraid to say, you know what, this is wrong, or this isn't working for me, or I don't like this. And I didn't do that for so long, but I would want them to. So, I don't know, I came to a place where I was like, well, if I want that, then for them, then then I can model that you know I, I deserve that and model that back for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think they see that right not now yet. not, not yet. yet yeah they will
0: they will. I mean I, I, I understand what you're talking about because I had uh, a couple of children that got really pissed off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two didn't two did and um, right. it was it, it was really challenging and and like you Karen, it was when I let go that's when they came back. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like, I think I, you know, I don't even know the time frame, probably about a year, six months to a year or something like that. But I was like, yeah. I'm not going to chase you guys anymore. Yeah, you know, I'm here. I love you. And and one of the things I think that people should know is that, kid, you know, the thing is, is, a lot of times as moms, we think of our kids as like a unit, you know, which is mm-hmm. they are such individuals. So uh-huh. sometimes it's the kid that you don't expect to be particularly accepting or welcoming and warming warm they are and the one that you think is going to be like oh no problem they're the ones that struggle the most with it so it's I often say to people how your kids act to to difficult news in life is how they're going to react to this you know yeah and I think I think there's such I think one of the things about you know about divorce is that You know, when we stay in marriages when we're unhappy, which you just said this, Uh we're teaching our children that Uh they should stay in places that they're unhappy. And, Uh And none of, I think every most healthy, emotionally healthy parents don't want their kids to be unhappy. They want their children to have happy lives. And so when people like you show an example of, listen, I can't stay here anymore. This is not making me happy. Yeah. And a lot of times people who come out later in life, we're also like the poster children for like marriage therapy, because we've been through so much of it with our right. spouses. Right. You
1: know,
0: we're trying to like figure out what's going on and why we can't communicate. And, and yes, maybe being gay may have a small piece of it, but a lot of times we come from marriages that have a lot of problems that yeah. have nothing to do with our sexuality because yeah. that's you were in marriage therapy, and so was I. Mm-hmm. Way before, yeah, we were able to acknowledge who we were.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. That model for my children uh, really also included these fleeting moments of unhappiness and things that they wrecked. They saw. I mean, they, you know. We were a a tight family. Yeah, we were a tight family. They saw what happened behind closed doors and they raised their eyebrows and they were shocked a lot of times. But what they saw for so many years was soldiering on or or taking it or being okay with, well, okay, well, I feel this way, but it's not going to be heard. So I mean, they knew those things. They knew those things. And over time, as that kind of, you know, wears on me, not to mention all my other you know separate of my marriage but my other crises as far as learning my truth and coming out it's just this moment where you put the screeching halt brakes on to say i want them to see something else and so while it's hard and sad and painful not to be in a relationship with them now i have to trust that someday Truth shakes, you know, its way out. At some point, they're going to recognize how many things they heard, you know, from their dad that wasn't the truth about me. Or maybe I will have an opportunity to be heard, which I still don't really feel like I have been. And it'll be a light bulb aha moment for them to say, "Really?" Because I thought, you know, the different. I, I I just I have to trust and think that hope that that will happen someday
0: hmm So you are extraordinarily brave, my dear. You <laughs> really are. You are brave and you are full, with, full of wisdom. And I really love how you say that it is their journey and they're just going to have to figure it out. And like you and I, um, sometimes our greatest learning comes from pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't come from happiness. It comes Absolutely. from- it comes from when we really had to struggle with something, and so this will be a defi- I, I believe a, one of the define one of the many defining moments in our kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And they're just gonna have, they just have to, especially with adult children. I don't know if you feel this way, Karen. Karen, is that um, like I find I feel that the older children really struggle when mom comes out or dad comes out. Mm-hmm. it's the little kids are the ones I'm like you know you have a seven-year-old oh gosh it'll be their normal Like, you're absolutely right you, <laughs> you are know? absolutely right I sort of put like 11 and under to be like yeah. you know you have to tell them and you gotta but like sometimes it's such a simple conversation with little kids it's like I had a client recently whose mom was like Whose child said, "So you're going to have a boyfriend?" And sh- and she said, "No, I'll probably have a girlfriend it's, from now on." And and the kids, were, the kids were like, "Okay, and okay, then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you pass, know?
1: pass the milk.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, they, just, they don't care. Yeah. And while, know. While the older children, I think they really struggle because, um, I, and for me, I define older as twelve to thirty. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, and there are people that are in their 40s, 30s and 40s when their parents come out. But mm-hmm. in our community, it's generally 12 to 30. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I find those kids struggle a lot for some reason. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. But a lot of times it's mm-hmm. more about the divorce than yeah. their mom or dad being gay. But yeah. it's also they're struggling with, um, you know, the, who they thought they parents were and who they thought one of their parents was you know and so that that takes a while for all the pieces to fall back together
1: yeah absolutely yeah my I'm trying to think my kids were 19 20 and 22 almost 23 um yeah yeah so yeah so that's my story Anne-Marie and I'm sticking to it (laughs) Well,
0: thank you. I have a, so a couple of quick questions for you to us today. Coming out song, what was your coming out song? Oh my
1: gosh. Um, You can have more than one. That's a great one, my coming out song. I'm sorry that I have to bail on this, but I do have an explanation. So I feel as though growing up as a child in my childhood home and then in the home that I made for my own children with my ex-husband, music was so, so important and was in the background of our life all the time, all the time. And it's something that has come that I miss, but it's come to a screeching halt. And music hasn't been as important a part of the landscape of my last year and a half Um, and it is something that i've thought a little bit about but sorry i i don't know that i have anything so i'm gonna so i don't know if your coming out
0: song will be there because that's so personal but i have a lesbian playlist that i'll send
1: you please do please (laughs) do every every single
0: Um, there's a lesbian yeah well i have to say through some of
1: yeah, no, I, through some of my friendships um, across the country um, with other lesbian women who came out later in life, um, I've learned of a few other artists and stuff like that. So I certainly know of them, but, but I couldn't pin something to like my, my coming out song. But yes, please share that playlist with me. Sorry, okay. I, feel, I feel like I just no worries. Yeah, failed so, on you.
0: <laughs> best, last or best book you've ever read that really touched you?
1: Um, I, well, um, Ibram X. Kendi's, um, book, I mean, you know, this is 2020 has been a huge year. So not just for me personally, but, um, the, exactly. the, which one, um, how to be an anti-racist, but actually paired with, uh, Rachel Cargill is somebody who is kind of leading the great unlearn is what it's called. Um, and she literally has like a, a course that I've been following as far as unlearning, um, in regard to, um, uh, right. Civic unrest yeah. and those, uh, yeah, and that has been massive for me. Um, this last six months, particularly. Um, but I also am learning how many things um, can parallel. Yeah, there's so many things that well, society yeah. dictates, learning. right? Yeah. And systemic ways and processes of which not just race should look, but families should look and women, and yeah, the whole thing. And so that has been. Huge for me.
0: Well, yeah, because coming out later on in life is the great unlearning, isn't it? I mean, it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Last and but not least, um, the best thing about your life now:
1: freedom, um, safety, emotional safety, and freedom to be just who I want to be, who I am, not like unapologetically being happy. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, I'll pair it with like I started. It's amazing to me how you can have the happiest, happiest times and lessons and moments um, parallel to the worst. Mm -hmm. And that definitely is still true today. I still have a ton of pain, Yeah. But I feel like all of it is honest. And worth it. Oh, very much worth it. Yeah.
0: I think the one of the things about coming out is that it's this, what I noticed because I've been writing a book is like the parallelness, like where, where mm-hmm. you're learning to hold incredible joy and excitement yes. in while we're holding grief and sometimes mm-hmm. chaos. And, and it's like, it's so can be so discombobulating when we do it but yeah. it's 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 so worth it you know yes. and when you're in the midst of it it's really hard it's really hard yeah. and, and and you and I are both reflecting back on this now that we're sort of through the messiest part of it you know yes. so but it's so worth it to yeah. be able to claim your authenticity whatever it is you know yeah
1: yes. you're absolutely right yeah yes. it's cliche but the um, i think that those the depths of that pain are necessary for me to have understood and recognize the height of the joys and the good things. I mean, you, they, you kind of can't fully experience each one fully without the other, Um, but that sounds, yeah. I mean that sounds know, cliche it sounds so and it's cliche, one of those not. yeah and it's but it's one of those things that like the intelligent Karen or the you know I've had a lot of therapy Karin would say but not really get it until you really get it until you really experience it, so. well
0: yes and I gotta end and I could keep going on forever but it is been wonderful to talk to you and I Thank you for your honesty and your courageousness, and also most of all, your vulnerability, Karen. You are pretty amazing. So thank you.
1: Thank you for those kind words. Anne-Marie, I can't thank you enough for what you do for women like you and me, Um, really. (laughs) I mean, this is, I I wanna be helpful to anybody that I can be, even if there's only, you know, three seconds of something helpful on this, so. Oh, there's more than that, I guarantee (laughs) All right, thank you. Thank you so much.